We don't often talk about angels or mostly because it's a, a realm that's sort of apparently in that unseen area. But, but I was just reminded of a testimony and I was thinking about how, um, how the Lord, you know, we, we uh, uh, were first married. Rosemary and I had a car accident and we were, we were uh, uh, on our way to church the first Sunday after we were married. We'd been on honeymoon and we were crossing the lights and a car came through a red light cleaned us up you know just when I came to I thought that the car had stalled and so I was trying to start the car and you know I was kind of a little bit delirious or certainly not in my right mind and Rosemary was in there saying what are you doing I said I want to start the car we're going to get to church (laughs) always about church (laughs) and uh, she said we had a car accident you know and so we're sitting there and there's sort of smoke coming out of the bonnet. And, and uh, you know, it was an interesting uh, uh, sort of situation because one of the people that stopped immediately was a person who had um, uh, seen the accident and stopped to make sure that we were okay, see us go hurtling around the intersection and, uh, and of course, had come to the door and she said, w- w- you know, what, what can I do? What are your names? I said, well, we're on our way to church. And she said, what church? And we said, well, Raymer in uh, Vic Park. And she said, uh, I'll, uh, I'll ring ahead and get them to pray for you. So what we didn't know, and we found out that night when we did get to church, and I tell you what, we hobbled into church that night, but we were so sore, black and bruised. But uh, we did get to church that night after being taken to hospital and getting all cleared and checked out by the doctors. And We got to hospital, and uh, I should say we got to church, and they said that the whole church had prayed for us that morning because they'd heard someone got there and actually said, pray for Peter and Rosemary. They've just had a car accident and they're on their way to church. So um, that was really precious. And so we were, we were prayed for and uh, good, good moment. But, you know, um, as time went on, you know, we, we, I think uh, we, had a, we had a payout on, uh, on our car, had to buy a new car because that one was written off and went through the process of, of uh, eventually Rosemary uh, thought this sh- really there should be some compensation you know involved in the accident we were both injured and I was off work for a little while she was she had a bad neck for a while and but we went and saw this lawyer and he said well look you can go through the process and um, and this is how it works and explained how you went to the uh, state government insurance commission and made a submission that they do that for us and and, uh, you know, if there was no payment, there was no fee. And so we thought, well, you know, we've really got nothing to lose. But we told the lawyer right there and then, we're not going to lie about injury. We said we were sore for a while. We had whiplash. Uh, you know, I had some time off work. And he basically said, well, you know, there's probably not a big payout involved, but, you know, you can make an application and see how you go. And we thought, let's, let's see how we go, as you would. And so, funny thing was this is, this is when I really started to realise that angels are among us. Amen? Angels can be among us. And uh, the, the Bible talks about, you know, not being forgetful to entertain strangers because sometimes you entertain, you entertain angels. Hallelujah. So sometimes, you know, this is that realisation, angels are among us and, and there's a revelation that needs to be had in that regard. And, uh, and it, as, as it processed out, it took a little while longer for the application to go in and, of course, the SGIC to appoint someone and a hearing between the, you know, uh, uh, bet, bet, between the, uh, the lawyer 
and the, uh, uh, the SGIC commission. And uh, the lawyer, when we finally sat down with him and, and, and he told us what the payout figure was, uh, he said that because of our lack of our injury, that he'd only gone with, you know, maybe, you know, a, a few thousand dollars and Rosemary had a bit of a bad, you know, a worse uh, injury, so maybe a little bit more for her. And uh, what the lawyer told us just blew us away as we sat there in his office because he said, he said, I don't really understand it, but as I was walking into the meeting room to meet with the insurance convener, he said he heard a voice. <laughs> he heard a voice because he'd already determined what he was going to ask. And he said to us, he was quite surprised, he said he heard a voice, asked him not to ask, you know, a few, but to ask seven, and then for, for Rosemary's to ask 12. And uh, what he didn't know was that we had a tax debt to pay that we did not have. <laughs> We had a tax debt to pay for the exact amount that that insurance uh, lawyer asked for. And he said, usually you go into those situations and the SGIC commissioner or the, the guy that's there will argue with you, will negotiate, try and negotiate down all of those things. But he said he did nothing. He says he was surprised again. Surprised again. And then... Uh, to 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 uh, uh, just so that I knew that he thought something weird was going on, he said, "And the convener I had never met before." He says, "And I've never seen him since." He says, "I don't know who he was," <laughs> but he signed off on this on this payout. And of course, as I say, the miracle of it was it was the exact amount that we needed to clear this tax debt. You know, God's into doing miracles and he's got angels around that'll be a part of it. Amen? You know, we need to have a high expectation of our walk uh, that we're in and the pathway that God's got us on. And I want to talk a little bit about our pathways today. Perhaps just touching in a little bit on where we were last week, but it's still a bit of a New Year's message. But uh, let's, uh, let's continue. It's a... Um, it's a real, just a little recap from last week. And again, we're looking at that, that wonderful verse here in Psalm 65, 11. It says, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. You know, when we choose uh, the paths of God, blessing and abundance are a part of the landscape, aren't they? Should be. And uh, they should be an indicator for us. You know, it's part of our journey to enjoy uh, blessing and abundance. It's a journey that we go on and the blessings and abundance is a part of what we see, what we can experience. You know, the church uh, known as the ecclesia, the Greek word ecclesia, which simply means the called out ones. We're called out from our old ways and we're called into new ways. And we just have to get on those paths. We just need to make sure that we're on those paths that are marked by goodness and abundance. And you know, last week when we saw that when we choose the pathways of God, uh, God's goodness is, a, you know, is upon us. He crowns us with it. Not only that, but goodness is always catching up with us. You know, uh, when we choose God's pathways, His goodness and abundance is upon us, ahead of us, and catching up with us. You know, have you ever seen yourself circled by God's goodness and blessing? His abundance and, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and rich life 
King David understood it. And when, and, and when he was being led by God in the path of righteousness, and, and, and when he went that way, goodness and mercy was a part of the scenery. And, uh, and it was following him. Psalm 23 and verse 6, it says, Surely goodness, Psalm 23, that great verse, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, you just have to love David's uh, heart for the presence of God. You know, he's, he loved it so much that he said he was going to dwell there for the rest of his life, you know, in the house of the Lord. That's that heart for God's presence. You know, do you desire that? Do you at times feel that dryness that can happen in your walk and just really want that, you know, that, that sense of God's presence? We can have that. We can walk in that. We can nurture that and practice that. That's practicing God's presence. Amen. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It takes a little bit of discipline, though. But, you know, we're called to be disciples, aren't we? Disciplined ones we are called to. And be assured, church, you know, the church, as a church, the way we're going is marked with his presence. We want to nurture that. We want people to, you know, uh, have that experience as they come into the house of the Lord. Anything else is really door B. You know, we talked about door B last, last week. And it leads us in the wrong direction. The way forward is, is always by choosing his pathways by faith. Choosing his pathways by faith. You say, you don't really know where I need to make that step, but isn't that the step of faith? You know, it, it, it really takes that, you know, I'm not moved by what I see, feel or hear, but I'm just going to take that step of faith. And, uh, you know, let the Lord author that step. Choosing to do his word in our lives is so critical. Last week we saw how there's a need to choose that right door. Door A is where the blessings are, you know. He sets before us death and life, blessing and cursing. Door A and door B, choose door A. Even in the scripture that we looked at last week, it was talking about that. You know, he actually gives us the inside tip and says, choose blessing. Choose blessing for your life. Door B is what we get when we become complacent, when we know you know, the will of God for our lives or procrastinate when we delay doing his will or give in to temptation and sin, using our liberty as a license for sin. It's that scenery that we get when we pick convenience and comfort and our own desires above God's way. You know, last week we spoke about being choosers, not losers. You know, there's an activity required in choosing God's blessing. It starts through listening, hearing God's word, knowing his will for our lives. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, it's that, that heart to be in God's presence. That should be all of us. We ought to be all saying, yeah, I want that in 2022. I want that for my life. I'm going to walk in that. Proverbs chapter 4, and I want to go here because it really does... Um, speak of the, the very first need is to listen, pay attention. Some people are so poor they can't even pay attention, you know. Watch out for that, you know, pay attention. God wants us to listen in. Psalm 4 and uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and 10 verse 3 to 13, it says, Listen, my son, and receive my words, and the years of your life will be many. I will guide you in the way of wisdom. I will lead you on straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. 
Do not let go. Guard it, for it is your life. Instruction. Hallelujah. Guard it, for it is your life. What was the last thing that the Lord told you to do? Can you think of it? Sometimes when we get a little off track, we have to go back to the last thing he told us to do. And that's where we reorientate and get back on track. That's where we get back to door B. What was the last thing he told us to do? Then Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Remember, that first bit was listen, you know, hang on to instruction. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and pass on by. It's talking about the path of wickedness. Don't do it. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil. They are deprived of slumber until they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. We're talking about bad company. And I just want to put it out to you today. There are some here today that need to hear this. And I'm going to say it real clearly. Choose your company wisely. In 2022, choose your company wisely. Who are you hanging around with? Who are you knocking around with? Is it good company or bad company? You know, we can make an adjustment and start choosing door A right there. I remember years ago in the Bible college and I'd be doing interviews for getting people to come to Bible college and interview them, check their, you know, I guess you could say a little bit of selection criteria as the principal, I'd get to do some of those interviews. And I had one young guy who had come to me and he had said, look, I've had a problem with drugs, but I really want to turn over a new leaf and start heading in the right direction. And, uh, and I said to him, okay, you're serious about doing Bible college? He says, look, I'm serious about doing Bible college. I said, give me your phone. And he kind of looked at me and I said, give me your phone. He said, why? I said, because on it is all the contacts that you shouldn't have. On it is all the people you shouldn't be knocking around with. Now, you can still contact them, but don't let them contact you and lure you away. Because I tell you, the enemy knows how to do that. I've shared maybe once or twice before how when I got saved, it's like the enemy sent people to distract me. That weekend that I actually gave my heart to Jesus, the enemy sent people to my house. People, the nep- friends who, if they'd have come, I would have said, let's go. You know, I thought they'd never come to my house. They came that weekend. And thereafter, they were on assignment from the enemy. Distract me, get me off course. Get me away from my true destiny in God. And don't worry, you can always say, you know what, door A has been doing me undone. I'm going to start choosing door B. And I tell you, I'm so glad that I chose door B. I had such an experience with the reality of Jesus Christ when I chose to go back to church that second week and actually receive Jesus. And, uh, and, and have his presence turn up in my life. You know, watch out for the company you keep. There's a saying that says, if you run with dogs, you'll catch their fleas. <laughs> Pray for them, absolutely. You know, we're, we're, we're the first church to say, love people where they are. We're the first ones to say, come on, we're going to love people that are outside the church and inside the church as well. But, 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 you know, recognize that they've chosen evil as their pathway and you shouldn't run with them. 
We have to be serious about walking God's pathways. It's the life that he's called us to. You're never going to reach them without having a touch and sense of God's presence on your life. And you're not going to be, you know, not going to be walking in that unless you choose to walk in God's pathways. And if you're a Sunday Christian, all right, I'll say that again. If you're a Sunday Christian, a weekend warrior, if you live like the world, from Monday through to Saturday, but on Sunday, play church. Understand this. God has your address. Amen. God has your address. We need to be a people that are pressing in Monday through Saturday, pressing in for his presence in our lives and that sense of his touch, that experience that we can have. You know, sometimes, and you know, don't, don't limit yourself to just every now and then. Press in for all that God has for you in 2022. So 2022 is about doing. It's the year to do. You know, and you might fool others in the, in the pew with activity and, you know, the conversation, the brightness and the happiness and all those kind of things. But, you know, it's pressing in for his presence that's so essential at this time. No, the Lord knows our ways. You know, he knows what's going on inside our hearts and in our minds and our thoughts. We have to watch that. It's time to choose door A. You have to choose God's way. You know, um, I was already saved and in a good church uh, and, and in regular attendance in a good church when the Lord showed me door A. I was already walking in, in what I thought was the blessings and, and all those things. But, you know, it seemed that even going to church for two Sunday services in the morning and, of course, another one in the evening and, was not really giving the Lord my all. And this is it. The Lord wants you all. He's looking for us to be all in, you know, with him. And, uh, and of course, that, that door I have mentioned, it was a bit like in that movie, in The Matrix, where there's this piercing light coming out. And the Lord showed me in a vision that that's where I was destined to go. I was destined to go through that door. I tell you, it was exciting when I did. You know, things just started to shift and move. There was miracles, things that, you know, it was just bringing, speaking to people and getting them to come in and do things in our, you know, situation. I remember talking to Johnson how, how um, uh, I couldn't possibly pay for a, a business um, that, was, that was offered to me. I couldn't, like, you know, what it's like when someone comes and offers you something, you know you haven't got the money to buy it. You know that feeling? And you go, oh, if only I could, you know. Be like if someone came up and said, look, I'd, 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 uh, I'd like to uh, sell this car to you. And you say, look, I'd love to have it, but I can't afford it. And, uh, and then the Lord sp speak to them and say, oh, I'm going to make up a way of you having this. That's, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And it happened to me with the business. And uh, the people that were selling the business were so, they were so upset <laughs> because they needed this money. And the Lord spoke to them about actually giving it to me on payment terms. So they get the money, they get it eventually, but they needed it now. They thought they needed it now, but the Lord had another plan. And he spoke to them and told them to sell the business to me. And they were so frustrated when they rang me to tell me, the Lord's told us to give it to you. <laughs> and, you know, uh, that's, that, was, that was from choosing Doray. It just, it was like, it's like everything just went good. All of a sudden went good. I started to walk in his plan 
and his purpose for my life and everything turned around. Amen. Some of you are already experiencing that. Some of you have already been doing that. Some of you have already been saying that's the way we've been walking. But I tell you what, it's a choice. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take some consecration, some submission to his purposes, saying, Lord, I don't want to do my way anymore. I want to do your way. I want to walk in what you have for me. There's something special in the sight of God when we consecrate. I use that sort of sounds like a really religious word, consecrate. When we submit to the ongoing work of transformation in our lives, because he wants to transform us. Where we've been, he doesn't want us to stay. He wants to keep transforming our lives. There's more to come, and we have to sign up for more, to sign on the dotted line. And it's, it, the way we do that is through consecration. Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. Father, I want the will of heaven being done in, lo- in my life. And some of you have to pull back from your own plans. You've made some plans, but you just need to pull back from those. I'm not saying toss them away. I'm just saying submit them to the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to, to I want your plans. And it might be, you know, some of what you're doing, maybe it might be a change. But there's, there's, there's just that something special about consecration. For some, that means realising that you're on the potter's will and that you're not a finished product. There's still a, a process. He's still working through with you. He's still working. Let's face it, he's still working in all of us. He hasn't finished with me yet either. You know, same with you. And our submission to the Lord and his will is key to his work of transformation. If you think you've already made it, I'd hate to be the first one to say you haven't. You know, it's true. Sometimes we think that we've, we've gotten to that place, we don't need to go any further, don't really need to press in, but we do, we do need to press in. Look what it says uh, in the last couple of verses there in Proverbs 4, it says, The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. They do not know what makes them stumble. In other words, it's just stuff that you're just stumbling over all the time. You don't know what's going on. And God wants us to not walk that way. I say it again. 2022 is the year to do. Not just hear, but do. Being hearers of the word and doers of the word. Putting it into practice in your life. And for those that admit that they need to make new choices, those that need to choose God's pathways, I've got a few points here for you to maybe jot down Maybe listen to the podcast later if you haven't got a pen and pencil with you. But just for Christian and non-Christian alike today, for the non-Christian, it's how do I start on the path? How do I get on the path? And uh, I believe that these, these points are true for that as well. And for the Christian that needs to start over, how do I continue? How do I get going? You know, uh, the communion message this morning was on just even receiving God's forgiveness. You know, God demonstrates his love to us in that while we were yet sinners he died for us there's our fresh start and that continues to be the place for a fresh start in in christianity we can continue to get you know that new chance to move forward point number one and actually it was pastor terry from uh Pastor Terry Connell, who gave this word last week, and I was saying, what's the application for that? I couldn't quite get it. But she just came up and came up with that word, repent. Just saying repent. 
repent, you see. And, you know, that's a change in direction. I thought that's so true for this pathway message. It's a change in direction. I was going this way, but now I'm deciding to go God's way. Repent. It's that change of mind that we stick to. And when we do, we access the forgiveness of God afresh for our lives. You might have been making mistakes. You might have made a mess of things. But God wants you to repent, to change your direction. Stop going that way and start going this way. Repent. And we access that forgiveness of God. When Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. And that's the good news, isn't it? That's the good news. And here is Peter, and I'm going to look at it. Here is Peter um, preaching to the crowd that had gathered together after the miracle healing at the Gate Beautiful. And here's Peter, and he says it so very well. Acts chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, But in this way, God has fulfilled what he foretold through all the prophets, saying that his, that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn back. He says that, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped away and get this next part that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and about I'm in you know if I need to adjust change step you know stop choosing door B and start choosing door A the first thing I'm going to encounter is a heightened sense of his presence a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord and I tell you it will restore you It'll renew you, you know, and get you heading in the right direction. Number two, choose the light of the word. So much of the path that we are called to involves being word people, being people that are hungry for God's word. You know, only do we read it at home, you know, as a, just as a practice and we get around the word of God. But, you know, we, we give ourselves to it so we can grow in faith, so we can grow in grace, so we can grow in his glory. And our best progress in God's pathway is made through the attention that we give to his word. And for the non-Christian, you know, the, those that don't know Jesus, that means coming to him as a way to come to God. He is the word that was made flesh. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was God. Amen. He's the Word that was made flesh. And Jesus said himself in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. In other words, he's the only pathway that you have to go through and go to if you're going to go to God or come to God. He's the only way. He, there is no other way. For the Christian, we need to stick with the Word. We need to let the light of the word be that guiding light of our lives. Not some positive, motivational saying made by some popular modern day philosopher. And we've seen them all out there. They're all out there. Jesus said this, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. What does it say? You'll bear much fruit. You know, there'll be outcomes for your life. But we have to abide in him and we have to let his words abide in us. Are you full of the word or something else? You know, we've got to get full of the word. And, uh, you know, that becomes like a point of reference for the Lord to work in our lives. Like uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, 
teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see, when you're full of the word, it's you know, it becomes the light in the life for others. The light in your life for others. It becomes that when you're full of the word. And don't forget, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing, aren't we? You know, it's not what God wants to just do uh, in us. It's what God wants to do through us. So when we get to that place, that's the next way that we go, is that God gets us to that place where he's working not just in us, but through us. You know. And the third one, the third point, practice his presence. I'm going to hear a little bit more about that this year, practicing his presence. Not just when we come together, and I love it when people come together and say, oh, look, I really feel the presence of God in this place, and they don't know that we've been praying for the presence of God to be in this place. I walk in here, guests and visitors, and it's exciting, it's so confirming, you know, and that people just have such a sense that, that, that God's here to, to minister to them, to, to reach them where they are, you know. You know, time today prevents us from going into everything that practicing his presence means, you know, like in its entirety. But, but stay tuned and watch this space. We're going to keep pressing in for that area of just knowing his presence. Not just in church when you come together, but in your own life as well. And that we can follow after that. Make it your pathway. Make it what you do. Make it what you choose. Letting him fill you again and again, you know. Because we have what? Leaky vessels. You know, we leak out sometimes. We need to be topped up. And, uh, and you know, I'm blessed to see some people that understand that and are quick to come down the front for prayer, you know, just to get that fresh touch from the Spirit of God, just that, that fresh infilling. That's an exciting thing to see, you know, because that means that they're, they're saying, I realise that I need more, you know, more of what God has for me, more of his Spirit in my life. And, uh, and are willing to, to just take that time to just wait on him to receive that. You know, um, the Apostle uh, uh, Paul speaks of God's presence within him. Just last couple of scriptures. It says here, I've been crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Look what it says. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's the presence of God that he's talking about. It's no longer me that lives, you know, but Christ that lives in me. You know, when people encounter you, do they encounter you or do they encounter Christ? You know, that's a question we have to ask ourselves because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, you see. Paul speaks of a level of God's presence that we should all aspire to. You know, abiding in him so that he can uh, abide in us. That's that personal presence of God that we should all nurture. Not for the sake of our own goosebumps, you know, getting a bit of a thrill, a bit of a spiritual thrill that we can talk about next time we get an opportunity. But, but you know, so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we can carry something of God's presence and spirit in our lives that will, can be tipped out and poured out into someone else's life and make a difference in theirs. You know, our commitment to the presence of God should be that unless we have it, we're going to make his presence our priority. If we don't have it, we know we don't have it, we're going to make getting it. You know, when you feel that dryness, when you feel that you're not quite where you need to be, we're going to reach for door A and forget door B. 
Amen? You know, when we wake up every morning, our first pursuit should be his presence. Through prayer, you know, that sweet sense of his presence that you can have, you know. And I've heard the best of them. Smith Wigglesworth. I've heard the best of them talk about their own personal, you know, uh, devotion time and all that type of thing. Oh, Smith Wigglesworth is the best. He says, whenever I start out in prayer, I always start in the flesh. What it was just such a, 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 you know, is owning the fact that starting in the flesh just simply means that he didn't wake up up here, he woke up down here. And he knew that the way to get up here was through prayer, just starting to commit. And it, you'd all experience it, but don't stop praying, because then, until you reach up here, because it then starts to feel like duty, it starts to become a grind. But when we keep pressing in in prayer until we reach that place, watch what God does with it. Moses is communing with the Lord. Look what he says. And I just want to finish on this last couple of scriptures. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13 to 14. Now, if indeed I have found favour in your sight, that should be all of us saying that and praying that. Please let me know your ways that I may know you and find favour in your sight. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord answered and said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You know, and Moses, like every God-ordained leader, eventually learns that his best leadership comes from being a man of God's presence. Amen? You can go off and do the leadership seminars, you can do all those things, you can, you know get your hair cut and your teeth made white, you know, get the best aftershave and all of those things. But nothing, nothing is a substitute for the presence of God in your life. Amen. And Moses responds, Exodus chapter 33, 15 to 16. If your presence does not go with us, Moses replied, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that your people and I have found favour in your sight unless you go with us? How else will we be distinguished from all the other people on the face of the earth? It's the thing that distinguishes us. Amen? It's God's presence in our lives and we should pursue it. Let's not go forward without his presence. Let's be like Moses and say, you know, Lord, unless your presence is with us, we're not going anywhere. Let's be those people. Don't look for the, the, the event, the thing that stimulates uh, 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 anything other than that desire to be walking in his presence. Because when people get around you, that's what they're going to be tapping into. That's what they should be tapping into. Let's make sure we go on pathway, pathways that have his presence. You know, that's what we as I say, that's what we should uh, be distinguished by. And this year, in 2022, let's do. Let's do and not just hear. Let's be about our Father's business this year. We see his presence and power. And when we see transformed lives, I say that again. We see his presence and his power when we see transformed lives. And I tell you, I've been excited through the last year or so, seeing people who, who have come from difficult circumstances, difficult, difficult um, uh, adversity in this township, 
who've got the touch of transformation, where there's a, a work of transformation being worked out in their lives. They're not finished yet. God's not finished with them and they know it. Some of you are in here today. But I tell you, I get excited when I recognise that they keep stepping up for that transformation, keep stepping up for what God has for their lives. And it's so exciting because he can take you from a bad place. I know he did me. Took me from a bad place and actually put me on a pathway. And I'm still on it. And you should still be on yours as well and choose to be on it. Go for door A. Forget door B. Doesn't lead anywhere good. Amen? Let's be that people. So let's just, why don't we all stand and, I don't know, uh, maybe we, did you work out to do a, another song with John's grace? We're just going to uh, pray and, and ask the Lord a blessing on the word. And uh, we've got some morning tea there, so don't, don't feel that you need to rush off. Uh, hang around, have some fellowship with us. Uh, we'll put some tables out. We can sit around and have a coffee and a meal. But, but let's, just, um, let's just seal this word today. Father, we've sat under your word today, Lord God, and we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, for the entrance of your word, Lord God, into our lives. Well, Lord, we thank you that it's like a, a light unto our path, Father God. Oh, Father, it's a, a light that shows us where we are and shows us uh, where we can go, Father. Lord, it's a lamp unto our feet and a guide unto our path. Lord, let your word, Father, uh, live strongly this, this week. Holy Spirit, we invite you uh, to come and minister among your people today concerning this word, concerning uh, their commitments for 2022. Lord, let it be, um, uh, Lord, that touch of your spirit in their lives, Lord, that, that stirs something up, that, Lord, they, they know, Father, is of you, Lord. Lord, that they would uh, uh, begin to, to walk in those ways that are pleasing to you. Lord, that they begin to walk in those ways, Father God, that lead them on to further transformation and more of what you have for each of our lives, Lord. Lord, we pray it upon all of us, Father. We pray that touch of your spirit. You know, and as, as um, and all the people said, amen, amen. You know, um, as, as we finish today, I just want to make that invitation. If you're out there today, and you'd have to say that some of the things that you've heard today are new to you. You've not heard those things before. And you, you, you'd, you'd have to admit that you don't really have a, a close relationship with Jesus, you know, or a, uh, uh, that you would say that you know him as your Lord and Saviour. I just want to make a simple invitation for you to come on down. There's a prayer that we can pray that will change that, where things will start to change remarkably. You know, I know they did in my life. And I just want to encourage you to, to, to come down the front after the service. We're going to sing this song. After that song, come down the front. I'd love to pray that prayer with you. It's called the prayer of salvation. And it's a prayer that we pray that she brings us into relationship with Jesus. We pray it from the heart. Confess it with the mouth. The Bible says that we are saved. Our eternity is changed. And our eternal destination is changed. So I just encourage you this morning, if that's you today, and, and you know, don't be shy. Hang around. Wait till you know the right moment, if you like. But come on down and, and let's pray that prayer together, and uh, we'll we'll see what what the Lord has uh, for you. And you watch for that change that He brings. The transformation that He brings uh, into our lives is phenomenal, and uh, I encourage you to be uh, pursuing it and desiring that.